Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The European season is officially back. Serie A and La Liga joined the rest of the top five leagues in returning to action this weekend. And that means more games for us to binge on. And I'm joined by my man, James Bench, to look ahead to the biggest matchups as two London Giants collide on Sunday, two former England internationals square off, Milan kick off their title defense, and Barcelona, well, they're just trying to register some players for their new arrivals. Kigo Lasso begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. YouTube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, Kego Lasso pod on Twitter. Thank you again for all the support. We continue to grow. And a main reason for that is uh, the good people like this person right here. James Bench, how are you, brother? Uh, yeah, I'm struggling today. Um, it's What's like wrong? 30, what is it? Oh, um, it's hot. I don't know what it is in Barcelona. Okay, it's like 33 degrees here. It's killing yeah. me. Oh we got God. first like full water breaks in the Premier League this weekend. It's quite exciting. <laughs> I mean, what I'm most excited for. <laughs> you need to do a, an article on this, James. I want to know should. how I was I was taken down. Well, stay cool, stay refrigerated, stay uh, calm. I know a lot of people are thinking, I've, you know, are you a friend? Oh, oh, nice. Wait, show me that again. That looks like a megaphone. It's like a little camping fan. Oh, my God, James. <laughs> you went all out. See, what people don't understand in England, like these houses and the communities, they're not built for this weather, man. It, no. it's, it's tough. It's tough yeah. stuff. You, got, you won't find AC like anywhere in this, any private residence, because, it, I mean, up till about five years ago, it was the sort of thing you, you'd use once every three years. Uh, and now um, the climate emergency 
uh, means that we have a future as a Mediterranean country that we are absolutely not prepared for. But yeah, uh, maybe absolutely. one day we'll like hit the right balance. And yeah, twenty years from now, uh, Scandinavian countries will be like, let's go to London for our summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Well, stay cool, my friend. And uh, yeah, uh, good note there. Let's keep track to see how those Premier League players are doing. And actually, the entire English league does this weekend. But yes, it's scorching here in Barcelona as well. And the summer continues. And so does the weekend preview, baby. Uh, James mentioned yours truly. We'll talk about some matches. We'll begin with the Premier League, take a little break. We'll do some Serie A, La Liga, some final thoughts from James and myself. And then that will be it. Let's begin in the Premier League. James Bench, a big London derby. Of course, Chelsea, who got a 1-0 win over Everton in the opening weekend. And Tottenham, who got a 4-1 win over Southampton. A nice London derby. Antonio Conte against Thomas Tuchel. Chelsea should feel good, James Bench, since losing consecutive Premier League games against Tottenham in 2018. The Blues are now unbeaten in seven games against their London rivals, conceding only one goal in that run. But something tells me, Bench, that this could be a different scenario. I don't know. I have a lot of belief in Antonio Conte's side. Talk to me about this game. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really fascinating, isn't it? It feels like probably the first big game that we've seen across the whole of Europe in the 22-23 the season, first big league game. Um, and therefore, kind of feels like it's, we're coming into this with a lot of unknowns. I feel like, especially with these two teams, I think there's a view that maybe Tottenham because of their summer business and especially because of the progress they made under Antonio Conte in the last few weeks of last season, they might just have leapfrogged Chelsea. There's, there's a little bit of stability there on and off the pitch. You know, I can tell you broadly, I mean, to be fair, I can tell you what Chelsea's lineup will be. I just don't kind of know that it's what it was and that every mm. player is as effective as they were. Whereas Tottenham are probably going to be getting to the stage quite soon where they've got a really settled 11. They've got plenty of, of, options off the bench um, and in that kind of 4-1 thrashing of of Southampton what was obviously so encouraging for Spurs fans was that they did that without Harry Kane or Heung-Min Son scoring I think Son got one assist didn't he and uh, but the rest sort of uh, Cessignon players like that really coming to the fore and it, this yeah, seems no, like a squad the that's of captaining Heung-Min Son this past weekend as well <laughs> I know that I know that you did well in fantasy so I'm hoping my I'm leading the way, boys. I know, I know. know. It's amazing. But keep going, my friend. Uh, Yeah, I I think that identity is the big factor here, right? Like Tottenham know who they are under Antonio Conte. And Jimmy Conrad, our friend, always says, Tuchel doesn't really know his best 11 from one day to the other. Do you think that's changing a little bit more with the German manager? Yeah. Well, I think what's quite interesting is I I would maybe agree and especially now that we are seeing this this great big turnover at Chelsea mm. I'm intrigued what they're going to do with someone like Mark Kukurea I mm. think he's probably going to be the left of the back three um, and also the, a player that can rotate with Chilwell at left wing back but anyway that's kind of by the by because I think what we saw on that opening weekend was like quite a typical Chelsea performance where they didn't give up many goals they got that Jorginho penalty. <laughs> I mean, this is sort of like Chelsea of Tuchel's first six months all over. Very tight at the back. Maybe not the most expansive, A bit but they boring. got the job done. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is why, as much as I'm excited, you know, excited to be at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, I do think this might be quite a cagey, frustrating game. I mean, we've just got the the over-under there. I would certainly be looking at under two and a half goals. Spurs, we know when they play the big teams, what they like to do under Conte, like they did with Chelsea, uh, City, like they did with Liverpool, with soak up pressure, use that back five and spring into life through Kane and Son and Kulisevsky. 
Chelsea, though, are, are not going to be are not a team that leaves the back door open. You know, they are not a team that is going to overcommit numbers in attack. They'll have those three centre backs. They've got wing backs that can cover the depth. So I think this is going to be cagey and tight and difficult and edgy. Um, but equally, like you say, I think there is something about Chelsea and Tottenham, and we all know even before this good, this recent good run, you know, this whole century pretty much is what we've had so far. Chelsea have dominated against Tottenham and I, and I think maybe even that psychological edge at Stamford Bridge could be quite a big factor, actually. Yeah, uh, back in January when they played each other, I believe it was uh, the first leg of their League Cup semi-final as well. You know, Antonio Conte's kind of first taster, he was saying, you know, if you compare it to our team now, there is no comparison. We've seen the difference between the two teams. I know the situation is very clear. There is an important gap. I feel the gap is definitely much smaller due to the arrivals. Uh, you know, we were talking about Izby Suma, of course, Perisic and Kulusevski, I think, is going to have a, a great season as well. If you're thinking about a player in particular and what do you want to see, uh, I know that you mentioned Kukureya. Is there anybody from either side, really, that you're paying extra close attention to uh, for this game? Is it really boring to say Son? It probably is, isn't it's it? Not, it's not boring. Well, it's uh, He's my pick on so many reasons. We're going to give him more love, I think. Human Son's oh. amazing. I well, I, I think we're almost no, we're not going to get to. He is so good that we luckily he can't become a sort of Lee Carsley regularly rate, <laughs> like annoying, described as yeah, 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 underrated and then becomes a little <laughs> bit overrated. But no I mean, chance. I think he's he's kind of getting his his dues now. But obviously, you know, I think for me, he feels like the X factor across the whole front six mm. because he's the, the superstar finisher. I think that's. The, the difference I have between these two teams is if if this is a, a tight game where someone has to convert their half chances, you know, and you're saying you want the ball to fall to someone, it's Son first, it's Kane second, then it's sort of Sterling, but the gap is quite significant. I think that is kind of where my issues are around this Chelsea team. Havertz had a really poor first game of the season. Mount was quite disappointing as well. Um, but I, I mean, that it... it it feels like it's lacking a killer edge. I, I I really like Sterling. I think his weaknesses in front of goal or his deficiencies in front of goal are often just when you take as many shots and get in as many good positions as he does, you're going to have a few misses in that, in that resume. But even then, you know, they have one good shots, shot taker who gets into good positions in the area in Sterling. Like, Spurs have more. Spurs have a bit more attacking weaponry, attacking thrust than I think is very early days. But, you know, I really like Ryan Sessignon as well. And I think actually yeah. he could be someone that adds yet another. He's he's a perfect Antonio Conte fullback. Reminds me of some, some of what Marcus Alonso did with late runs into the box. I remember the first time Fulham got promoted and he was, you know, he, he had the shot profile of Pippo Inzaghi. I really mm. like Sessignon. I think he'll suit, he'll suit Conte well. So that's where I'm at. I think that, if we're talking about a game that's sort of 10 shots to eight shots or, or seven to six, I just trust that, that Spurs will get them to the right players and those players will convert. Um, and maybe that's something, I mean, we know Chelsea are looking at Bamiyang. We know Chelsea are, are looking to strengthen their front line. That's maybe something they need to prioritise yeah. and, and will be regretting not having this weekend. Yeah, especially since Timo Werner back to RB Leipzig, of course. I'm well, no, I think that's the best bit, isn't it? And at least you know that he's that gone, and that's if, it. You if don't a have to worry is, about it. Right, right. If a chance <laughs> is falling to anyone, at least you know it's not Timo. Well, <laughs> I very... hate saying that. I loved it. I thought he was, 
like people that get as many shots as he does, like you know, analytics nerds will tell you this is the most valuable thing you can do is I get know, shots. Sometimes but... things just don't work out, James. Yeah. I just it just it just wasn't a relationship to be yeah. made. And sp- speaking of that, by the way, very quickly, I wanted your take on this because obviously, you know, it's a hot talk, hot talk, a hot topic to discuss regarding the Chelsea situation. Tuchel's relationship with Christian Pulisic seems that, you know, we've known for a while he doesn't quote-unquote trust him or whatever, trust him to be a regular starter. I don't know what you want to make of. But what do you make of the situation there, Christian Pulisic uh, and his future, I guess, uh, with the London side? Well, so, I mean, I think the thing we've got to remember is the Champions League games last season, both cup finals. Did Pulisic start both cup finals? You know, it, Tuchel yeah, was one turning of them he was to injured, him. but he's starting the other one, yeah. I remember speaking to, to Tuchel about this last season, and I think, you know, he trusts he he trusts the player, but I think his assessment of, of Pulisic is probably one we'd all share, which is he's not in the three best forwards that Chelsea have. And so, you know, I think however you really want to construct it, I think the most convincing role for him is something like first or second reserve forward. If he's happy with that, and like kind of by all accounts, he's he's not unhappy with that. I think the that, only a- the only caveat is something that Jimmy and I were talking about in the recap last night is that it's a World Cup year, and he needs minutes. So if if his minutes are reducing rather than going the other way around, and somebody like apparently according to the Athletic Newcastle are kind of you know keeping their eye and stuff, is there a do you think a chance that the American could, before the end of the transfer window, say, you know, thank you for, for my introduction to the Premier League, but I need minutes, man, because uh, the World Cup's coming up. Yeah, Newcastle's an interesting one. I feel like the minutes are there, though. They're just kind of maybe not in the big Premier League games. It's mm. EFL Cup, Champions League, mm. coming off the bench. And also, remember, let's remember five subs here. Mm. I wonder, though... You know, let's say an Abamyang comes in one more forward, that does push him down to fifth. I think for the right move, I can see the lo- I can see the logic. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a relationship anyone wants to end. And let's not forget, from Chelsea's perspective, they've let Lukaku go, they've let Werner go, and so far, those as as a pair, they've been replaced by um, Sterling. Mm. Ziek is very, very keen to move on. He's he's kind of pushing for it for AC Milan, perhaps even more than AC Milan are pushing for him. So you do need players, and I think it's it, that's the fiddly things. So I think if you, I mean, to your point, Abamian, if Abamian comes in and you know reports that maybe it's not it's not impossible that Frankie the Young does maybe make a move to Chelsea, then you're creating a little bit of a substantial squad. All I know is this, because obviously. Pulisic needs to play. He wants to play. And if, if an opportunity arises where our club in the Premier League, he doesn't have to leave the league, are interested, I would think that he would probably seriously consider it, uh, you know, regarding the, the situation with the World Cup. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. On the other side of it, though, Richarlison coming back and stuff, Harry Kane, human son, Kulusevsky, give me your prediction for this game. Obviously, historically, recent history has uh, heavily favoured Chelsea. Where are you going? I'm going one nil Spurs. Um, I don't know if maybe this is like kind of when I went through the whole uh, summer of the World Cup of the Euros, predicting mm. that England would lose every game, and maybe I'm <laughs> trying don't. to repeat this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think in the end that just Tottenham just look 
They look good, man. They look good, man. Only said it was only Southampton, and I think we also have to say when we say that Spurs look good in that opening week, God, Southampton looks so bad. (laughs) Yeah, at some stage we need to talk about them, but yeah, they look good, though, man. And I'm with you. I'm going with a one nothing win as well. I just feel the rhythm of the game. Chelsea, a lot of possession, and to your point, Tottenham are just going to hit them on that counter. And boy, do they have the tools to do it. So it'll be tight. It'll be interesting. I'm giving it one nothing to Tottenham as well. We. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Ah, oh, Des Norris, why do you annoy me like this? You know, he was telling me, James, we need to have a game where, you know, there's a crisis or maybe created crisis. And I'm like, stop it right now. And he's given me, of course, Aston Villa against Everton. Uh, the question for so many years for England fans was, uh, do you play them together, Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard? Well, now they're against each other, of course, as Frank Lampard's Everton uh, losing one nothing to the aforementioned Chelsea faces. Aston Villa at home at Villa Park, who were just embarrassed by Bournemouth last weekend. Uh, the conversation in the fountain of uh, knowledgeable fan-based conundrum conversations on Twitter from Aston Villa has been tense, 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 of course. They want to see a result, but Everton equally, you know, they want to get things going, some recent signings. James Benj, talk to me. Stevie G against Super Frank. Aston Villa, Everton, the oldest fixture in English football. One of them, definitely in the Premier League. Got to be up there, isn't it? Yeah, talk to me. So, I mean, I think we're really talking about Villa here, let's be honest, aren't we? This is what we're interested in. Because I I feel like Everton, the story for now is quite quick. I like the business they've done this week. Connor Cody seems like they're going to commit to... Very good purchase. Which I don't necessarily think Lampard was planning, even at the start of pre-season. Good purchase nonetheless, though. Right? Yeah. Well, I think you do. You're going to have to play a back three. Although, I mean, I've seen him for England in a back four, and and I mean, he's just <laughs> it's what he's good at. It, what about the Belgian kid? Though? The Belgian kids are good around as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Jonathan Johnson thinks very highly of him, rates him very highly. So, please tell me that Everton fans are going to do the Rihanna song for him, right? Oh God, they've got to please. <laughs> and also, just the first time they've signed like a midfielder in so long that you're like, okay, he actually yeah. does midfielder things, and he's not like post massively post prime like right. they're not signing 29 year old decore or 29 year old sigurdsson or whoever well, well they're about to maybe sign idrisa gay once again so that, that's a oh, yeah. no, they can't help <laughs> themselves right. can they? but to your point you're correct though you know everton we know the package it says what it says on the tin they've got some new arrivals uh striker wise there it's an issue uh dcl still unavailable i believe solomon rondon returns from suspension but that's really that's about it Deli Ali, etc this is about villa uh, a villa that looked awful in the opening weekend hoping that things change i mean i said about thomas tuchel not knowing his first 11 steven jared 1000 percent doesn't know it so how do you see this game villa park will be very loud uh villa fans make sure that you show up early because of uh, train uh strikes etc and what do you make of this game then talk to me <laughs> like I, I hate Villa. asking James Bench against the Villa because I know that it's coming. Come on, bring well, it. With, I, 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 what are we looking at? With well, I think the thing is, where do we think Villa realistically are? You, you look at the Premier League results since he's took took over: ten wins, five draws, thirteen defeats, thirty-eight goals for, thirty-six against, expected goals again. They're kind of batting on around mid-table. And I think I mean, there's the 36 expected goals for, 38 against. It, it's 
uh, and it's I, very, I think, uh, but and I think everyone involved in the club knows that uh, isn't good enough. Nowhere near. Definitely not from the ownership. Definitely not from the business that we've created. I mean, we've. I mean, you know, off on paper, the business that has been introduced to Villa is fantastic. Okay. And am I right in thinking that this week as well, the uh, the owners is it um, have put in another thirty million pounds? Correct. They've injected directly into the club. Yep. Douglas I mean, Luiz this... is close to uh, signing a new contract, so things are good off the field. It's it's just about understanding like what is this going to look on the field. And listen, Villa fans just want to a team that plays well. Whether we win or lose is a different story. And what happened against Bournemouth was unidentifiable it was it was at least in terms of grit i mean to your point statistically speaking i think jerry's still trying to figure it out but we didn't see a villa side that really fought for anything it felt like a preseason match for the majority of the time that's why this game is very important regardless of the scoreline that's why it's important well i mean and you say that that off the pitch things are good and like as you say there are owners here that are really committed to making villa into a or, or restoring them to their place as a big team you know that is, of course, that, you know, that is in many ways the most important, most valuable thing you can have. Equally, you know, this week we've seen Paul McGrath, probably Villa's greatest ever player. Please disagree with me if you think I'm wrong. No, right uh, up it, he's, he's definitely, he's, he's the greatest you know, centre-back we've ever had. And people, we call him God. So that's yeah. all that you need to know. La- lambasting or, you know, very critical of the decision to drop Tyrone Mings. I think that feels like a, a headache that is not going to go away by all accounts. Sort of, I think when Steven Gerrard says, look me in the eye, that's something he says a lot. I remember even sitting in a, a press, a couple of press conferences with him last season and he'd use, use that phrase. So I think that maybe got a bit overblown, but it feels like there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that need to improve quite quickly. If mm. Filler are to become the football team on the pitch that Correct. they aspire to be off the pitch. Correct. And so therefore, I don't worry about Gerard because I think he's a really good manager and I trust him to get it. But I think in terms of squad building, like you were saying, he's been he's been dealt a tough hand. Having said all that, you know, pure talent on the pitch this uh, this weekend, like there are a fair few people if you rolled out Villa's second team, you know, I'd rather have some of those players than... Uh, Damn right. This is and, uh, a very good squad. Yeah, He's got options. I mean, I for one, I've seen enough of Danny Ings over the last year to say that maybe... Villa just bought him too late. Let's bring in, you know, well, let's see what the thing is. You said that, but he, he he gave us the most productivity last season, which maybe says a lot more about uh, Watkins's lack of productivity mm. last season. But that is a good point. Cam Arch is a third striker. All right, Des Norris wants us to keep going. Listen, you're the one that brought this game into our time frame, Des Norris. All right, but give me your prediction for this game: Villa, Everton, Frank Lampard needing a win, Steven Gerrard definitely needing a win. What do you have? Two uh, 0 to Villa. Love it. I'll stick in with that as well. Well done. Thank you so much. Let's move on, everybody. Let's talk about the rest of the Premier League fixtures. Des, show them up on the screen, please. Some quick fire thoughts on the following, uh, James Bench. Good ones. Uh, okay, I'm going to read them. You just tell me where you want to go. Okay, Arsenal, Leicester, Brentford, Manchester United, Brighton, Newcastle. That's my pick, by the way. Man City, Bournemouth, Liverpool, Palace. Where do you want to go? I mean, I'd have to go on. I mean, as I am actually going to that one as well, I'll go Arsenal-Leicester. I mean, for me, a lot of focus on William Saliba. Well, you've got two fantastic young centre-backs that we have questions over their long-term future. Fafana at one end, expecting him to start amid that interest from Chelsea. And then Saliba at the other. He's coming up now against 
Arsenal's bet noir of Premier League strikers in Jamie Vardy, someone that can really test him in a very different way to how Palace did. Can he live up to that? You know, I mean, he, he Ben White, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Watini, it looks like a solid defence on paper, but Leicester, for some and Vardy in particular, they're really going to test that. So that's one I really like the look of and um, intrigued to see if Arsenal can get two good wins early on against the sort of teams that are tough, you know, Palace and, and Leicester. But, but if you want to be top four, you need to be regularly taking six points from these these sorts of games. So I'm intrigued yeah. by that one. And looking give, me, to give me Gabriel Jesus hat-trick, please. Uh, Emirates Stadium should be rocking on that one. Very, very quick. What happens if Manchester United lose this game against Brentford? <sighs> Christian Eriksen asks for a transfer back to Brentford. <laughs> Oh, God, I can't imagine who they'd go to sign. He gets well. on the bus. He gets on the wrong bus by mistake after the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, abs- I absolutely see all sorts of reasons why they could. I know I know. Every- I, we should say Lissandro Martinez had the best headers one percentage of any centre-back in the Eredivisie. Yeah, I'm getting tired season. of this uh, but... high, high criticism. But, and I'm not, I'm not a tall man and I'm not a short man. I'm right... I'm right there in the middle, but I'm getting very tired of these jokes. The poor kid, man, leave him alone. Well, no, but this isn't. But obviously, there, there are the, there's the jokes, but also there's the very simple fact that yes, he, he might have won lots of headers. He's yeah. about to come up against Ivan Tony, and this is more one of <laughs> yeah. these ones where we can actually understand how much of an issue his his stature is going to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was thinking as well. Did you see Kiefer Moore at the week? I mean, well, of course you did. Yeah, yeah I did. Unfortunately, an absolute beast. <laughs> that t- that team, by the way, is abs- is is like. Uh, what the Dothraki is just coming at you is absolutely insane. All right, very quickly, my pick was Brighton, Newcastle. Just I just love Brighton and Graham Potter, and Eddie Howe is a very good man. It's, it's good to see two young English managers going up against each other. Man City against Bournemouth, I guess we'll see a City win there. Erlen Haaland, though, over or under, you get a brace, a hat trick. What do you think? Yeah, hat trick. Why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? Bournemouth's I Bournemouth, still putting right? this defence together, aren't they? I think they had Lerma at right centre back. So, um, yeah, this could I be... I mean, we time. had like 66% possession against Bournemouth, couldn't do anything. I'm sure City will take care of that. Liverpool should be Palace. Before we take a break, James, anything else from those games that you want to discuss uh, Premier League-wise? Um, just signed a new contract. So Harvey Elliott, one to keep an eye on. I thought everyone obviously talked about Darwin Nunez when he came on because obviously... But like, watch Harvey Elliott. He, yeah, he brings good. something that no one else in that midfield does. It's more He's more of a 10 but he will get in the box. He will take shots. He will do things that Liverpool midfielders don't usually do. Uh, and if he starts and if he crashes the box, I think that's the sort of thing that that Gay and um, Anderson, such good centre-backs, but they'll struggle if there's another player run, making late runs into the box. So Harvey Elliott and possibly a bolt to him for the World Cup as well. Wouldn't shock Yeah, good call. Good call, my friend. Good call. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we come back, some Serie A chatter, some uh, chat from Spain, La Liga, Final thoughts, and that will be it. James, Ben, Jeremy, our weekend preview. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey everybody, welcome back to Kill Lasso, James Bench, LME. By the way, Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every Serie A match in the US. And you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now with a free one month trial by going to paramountplus.com forward slash Italy. Just click the try it free button and use promo code Italy for instant access to the best Italian club soccer available across all of your devices. Visit paramountplus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming today. James Bench, Serie A is back, baby. How excited are you? Oh. I cannot wait. Possibly, I mean, maybe La Liga would. Or I mean, it's certainly the only league in Europe right now where we might have more than two teams competing for the title. Yeah, that's what Jimmy least. said. He said Serie A was number one, and it's a good point, right? Keep going, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great role of fixtures. I know that will obviously be a lot of eyes on the defending champions, AC Milan. How cool is it to say defending champions, AC Milan? It's like I back know, in right? the early noughties. Um, for me as well, like I've spent. I mean, as as everyone knows, because I was, I'm always unavailable and spend a lot of time in Italy. I would love to get down to Puglia. Oh, that's stage. right, James, man. You just came from Italy. So you're just feeling I just came that from Amalfi. I, yeah, I was a little, little few hours in Naples on my way to the Amalfi coast um, and do obviously have a soft spot for, for Napoli. But in particular, Lecce are going to be my team this year, newly promoted, pretty much hard one of the hardest tests you could wish for at the start of the season hosting um hosting Inter Milan but oh, I think boy. that's going to be I'm, I'm Who's really everybody's excited. pick by the way we did our uh, and everybody make sure that you uh, for more Serie A content make sure that you go to our preview Michael Ahud and Dre Cordero absolutely brought it and uh you know some great stuff there but James we gave our predictions for uh you know who would win this? All of us at Inter Milan. How do you? How are you feeling? It was everyone's view, kind of, that Lukaku is going to come back and score all the goals. It's uh, it was part of the conversation, but a lot of it was also Joaquin Correa is there as well, and I think Inzaghi knows the team a little bit better. They look more balanced on paper. That eleven is very yeah. good. So they've done. They've made some smart acquisitions, and also I think AC Milan, you know, tremendous stuff. But I think maybe the added scheduling headache of Champions League responsibilities might, you know, get in the way a little bit. But we think Inter Milan squad, Juventus arguably could be up there too, but Inter Milan squad coming into this season is very, very sexy. And I think that's what ultimately we give them. But I had this little feeling that yeah. Lukaku... <laughs> it's going it to bomb? Just, it might bomb. He might oh. bomb. Uh, he that's, loves and I know I, I don't have, like, much to base this on beyond... You know what happens when like the player leaves and comes back every every time, you know, whether it's a Griezmann, yeah. whether it's, you know, so many players. How can I not think of another one? But everyone, everyone listening to this will have about half a dozen. They'll names give you a bunch of names. Pop right? into their, I can't think of one. Head. Go on. No, I can't. That's what no, I'm saying. I'm, I'm also blanking out as um, well. No, no, no. Stole Campbell at, at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I don't I don't think you should ever really go. But as Lukaku himself proved by going back to Chelsea. I don't think you should really go back and 
again, this is all just conjecture because he's perfect for Serie A and he, you know, he's striking up the same old partnerships with Lautaro. But I don't see it quite working out. And it's just, you know, it's this dreadful punditry. Oh, it's a feeling I get in my waters. Um, whereas I think Milan are a young squad. They'll get better. Um, and then, I don't know, I, we, I, I spent all of last season preaching the demise of, of Jose Mourinho, but he's recruited really well. I mean, we all have... have him in the top four, my friend. That squad looks sexy. Gini Wijnaldum, of course, is there. Tammy Abraham's going to get much better. Well, that, I mean, Dybala and Abraham, I, I might argue, is like as good a strike pairing as any in Europe. Yeah. You know, that is, it's song Kane levels. It's sexy. It's absolutely so, sexy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to pick them to win the title, but I feel like Roma will be in the title race. Yeah, no, we have our top four was Inter Milan. Uh, I think uh, Juventus is actually going to climb up a little bit higher. What? What is Come on. this? They, they, Angel Di Maria is going to be an absolute 70, force. Isn't he? <laughs> he can still do it. He's El Fideo, man. He's a 70 year old noodle. It's still tasty. All right. Um, and then, but we all had Roma in the Champions League. That's your own sentiment as well? You think he, they're going to make it? Yeah. I, I'm going to go for a, like, I might as well do the whole thing. So I go yeah. Milan. Yeah. Roma Inter okay. I probably would then go Juve just because it seems like Napoli have taken a little bit of a step back um, I mean Lazio look quite good as well don't they in terms of where yeah. they're at but yeah I, I think that I think that there is a clear top three and I don't think Juventus are in it but um, Jose Mourinho is the Roma eh? so they have him in the, you have him as a runner up we will have to wait and see, Des, let's throw all those fi- uh, fixtures on the screen. Screen on the screen, please. I can't talk today. My God. Uh, some quick fire thoughts then. Uh, well, we've already talked about it. Milan, Udinese, Lecce, Inter. Uh, anywhere else you want to go, my friend. By the way, Monza is also uh, back. That's uh, Barlusconi. Yeah, that's James the one Bench. I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, talk to me. Intriguing, intriguing squad building that they're doing down uh, in Monza, isn't it? You know, I mean, I've just seen someone like Pablo Mari join up. Obviously, we have uh, Silvio Berlusconi uh, back in Serie A, which is, I don't know what the most political way to describe uh, the return of Silvio Berlusconi is. But well, the neutral the way is amazing. I can't, like, it's ridiculous that he's back. I love it's it. drama. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I mean, not just, you know, obviously Mari is the, the latest one they brought in, but Stefano Sensi, who was the future of Italian midfielders a while ago, Matteo Piscina as well, mm-hmm. you know. There are some there are some good players in that Monzo squad. But, um, yeah, I, I, so that will be one to, it'll certainly be one to keep an eye out on, on won't it? Um, other than that as well. I know Sassuolo have lost Scamacca, but you know having the likes of Berardi, they'll they'll be a test for anyone. And I think that they're, yeah. they're, they're a well managed team as well. Juve I think, could against be good. Juventus, that's right. Cremonese, by the way, is the other promoted team. Everybody uh, facing Fiorentina, who uh, our own Dre Cordero is a little bit worried about them heading into this season. Just losing a few key players might just be too much. But make sure that you check out that preview, everybody. On Kegolasso with Dre. And Mike LaHood. And don't forget, by the way, Milano Denese is on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network. Make sure to check it out. All right, let's go from Italy to Spain. James Mench to wrap things up, by the way. Barcelona, Rayo Vallecano. I'm going to be there. They might need me to nice. play if they can't register, everybody. I might, I might go up there and do my thing, James Mench. But Barcelona against Rayo Vallecano. By the way, I played football. I played pickup with our good friend Sam Marsden from ESPN, who's been all over... Some great storylines here. I, I, I can't believe he had time to play football. I know. Well, he was telling me that 
in the morning here, and I agree because I've already been here for a bit, nothing happens until like 11. Like at 11 a.m., everybody's like, all right, we might as well get going with the day. And that's exactly what's happened. So he's got a little time, James. It's not like the hustle and bustle that you're used to. I was there for Primavera earlier in the uh, earlier in the summer. Right. And no one turns up till like 9 p.m. Nobody. Everybody. I don't know what they're doing. Nobody cares. And by the way, I don't want to belittle Sam Morrison's hard work because he works hard. I'm not saying that he doesn't start till 11 a.m. I'm just saying that we started playing. Anyway. He has been all over this, and so has our own people as well, of course. But Frank Kissy, uh, Christensen, they could leave on freeze due to player registration issues. And also Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kunde, they're still not registered either. I forgot about Jules Kunde, by the way. And same goes for Dembele and Sergio Roberto Renews. Kind of insane. Because well, I kind of thought that when Barcelona signed Kunde, they'd forgotten about Christensen, who <laughs> is starting a lot in preseason. But I'm like... Why do you need these? Pla- like, I mean, I've written about this. We've spoken about this on the podcast, but it's still kind of, it does require just repeating over and over again that Barcelona have sold off large amounts of the family sill that they have frittered away broadcast income at a time when we only expect it to grow when it is surely the growth market, especially in you know La Liga. And they've done that to sign a load of players that they can't actually play. And, you know, we're talking now just before midday Eastern on um, Thursday. So there is a lot of time. And I'm, I, I would suspect by the time the game rolls around that, that most, if not all of these new signings will will get registered. But it's just stupid. It is a baffling way to run a football club. Um, and, you know, we see now the, the outcome of this with Frankie de Jong being booed for having the temerity to turn up at work as he is contracted to do and receive his full salary that Barcelona have committed to playing, paying him. Yeah, and I, will, I would love all these fans that are like yelling outside the stadium. How would you like it going to your job and your job tells you, by the way, uh, we want you to leave for no apparent reason because yep. uh, we found some illegalities in your contract, by the way. Well, uh, debatable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm with you 100%. By the way, it's worth noting as well that La Liga has some of the strictest financial play uh, regulations as well. So Real Betis as well, they were just you know having mm-hmm. a little bit of issues in registering players. I believe that Atletico Madrid literally just registered Antoine Griezmann once again. So, you know, it, it, it is a league thing, but the way that Barcelona are doing it, and to your point, selling off so much of their brand and value for immediate need with future repercussions is, is, a, is a big thing. And I think one of the things that's really intriguing me, and I... I mean, again, we're not talking about... I think we're not talking about the game against Raya Vallecano because, let's be realistic, if they can get all these players in the squad and on the pitch... Oh, it's over, yeah. I mean, and they are possibly, like, if it, if it comes together quickly, they're La Liga favourites. I mean, certainly, they're a serious contender again, as opposed to what would have been if they just rolled back last season squad, the second-best squad in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> it's baffling. Yeah. Um, and so all they'd have needed was was Madrid to have an off year and they might have won the title with an average squad. Anyway, what I was going to say is one thing that intrigues me a lot is what damage this has done to the brand Barcelona. I think you need to go back less than 10 years to find a time when everyone across Europe or so many people across Europe, Barcelona were their second team. You know, this was football elevated to the highest level. People were queuing around the block to, to get tickets to the Camp Nou to see... Xavi, Iniesta, and of course Messi, and we've kind of gone from that to. I mean, I you know it's. I know it's Twitter. 
it's not representative of everything. But you see people sort of wishing pretty dreadful repercussions, you know, bankruptcy on Barcelona because they don't like the way that the club has acted. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the, the you know the Mesquian club. Clearly, that was fading even in the days of Messi and the the, 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 the glorious times. But you know, Joan Laporta has has trashed any sense of of Barcelona as a as a family club, a club that 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 does the right thing sometimes to a fault. You know, sometimes overpaying players because they're part of the family. And now it's you know, if if Frankie De Jong is a family member, uh, he might want to consider getting himself legally emancipated. <laughs> it's and I, I, I think this could be the, the bit we don't talk about. We all talk about how in three or four years' time, Barcelona's revenue is going to be slashed because they're selling off a quarter of their broadcast rights, all those sorts of things. But actually, I do wonder if people will ever look at Barcelona with the same misty-eyed romanticism that I think they did kind of, and maybe not always correctly, but they kind of did for generations. You know, you Almost forever, team. yeah. Yeah, there was something about Barcelona that I think is going to be really hard to get back. No it's a really, really good point. Really good point. The identity of this club is uh, shifting before our eyes, and it's going to be intriguing to see whether that ever comes back or, to your point, gets even worse. But regardless, Barcelona are meant to play a game against Rayo Vallecano at Camp Nou, so we will see what happens there. And, uh, you know... Real Madrid fans are like, all this Barca talk, how about the actual champions? Well, rightly so, you know, as we're taping it the day after winning the Super Cup and then it didn't look like they skipped a beat. James Mench, Real Madrid looked very, very good. Carlo Ancelotti has added a few things. Of course, Chouamani, uh, the French international, and, uh, you know, Camavinga is going to get better, of course. It's essentially the same squad with just a few little adjustments how highly do you rate this team heading oh, into the season? Yeah, really highly. I mean, I think we all know that, that there was something unlikely about how they got to the European Super Cup final and European champions. But equally, you know, they're they're a really strong team. And one of the things I've liked that that you know the, the guys like you know the, the Spanish reporters have been talking about a lot, and I'm intrigued by, is what carlo is doing with eden hazard and has been doing in pre-season working him as a false nine i feel like you know i mean for for whatever flaws there may be in ancelotti's management and it's not many of them he is he will work with players he will work with what he's given and you know he will not bomb eden hazard if he's fit i don't wouldn't imagine will be part of the bomb squad you know he will be given his chances and i'm intrigued as to you know, let's say that the burst is gone. The uh, you know the ability to to beat two or three men off the wing is gone. Like, can Hazard do something a little bit different? Can he be not Benzema because he's not going to get the shots up, but can he kind of do the playmaking stuff that Benzema mm. does um, and let let Benzema rest? Because obviously that's the issue in this in this squad. They've got a whole the midfield of the future is ready to go the day that Casemiro and Cruz and Modric hand in their badges and hand in their guns. But, uh, and, you know, same in defence. But if, if Hazard could just be the, the stopgap, the guy that lets Benzema rest, that could be quite a fun little thing to keep an eye out for as we kind of wait for the Champions League to get up and running. Will we see Hazard get some minutes as a false nine? Yeah, good point. Good point. It would be fun. Also, Rodrigo's ascendancy, how well yeah. he can do as well. And, you know, I failed to mention, apologies, Antonio Rudiger should be adding a, 
much needed support there at the back. Fantastic stuff. So they're facing Almeria, uh, even though they're away, no doubt. I feel it's a Real Madrid win. Some notes as well. Americans in Spain, Yunus Musa, Luca de la Torre, Serginho Dest, Conrad de la Fuente. Any notes there from the Americans in Spain? I mean, it's good to see some more American representation in La Liga. Conrad is not confirmed, but the reports are that he could be on his way back to Spain. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, I'm a big fan of Yunus Musa. Yeah, he, he's the one the one for me that I really like the look of. Proper, dynamic midfielder. And I think there's obviously, a, for him, there's a spot at the World Cup in the 11 available if he can, if he can carve that out. Working with um, Gennaro Gattuso should certainly add some some qualities to his game, some midfield qualities. Yeah, I forgot I'm looking about forward that. to seeing how he gets on. Yeah, it should be great. And of course, uh, Ronaldo Fenomenos Valladolid as well is back in La Liga. So that should be exciting. And that's the team that uh, reports are saying maybe Conor de la Fuente goes to. All right. Well, you know, that was it, uh, everybody. Thank you so much. Some final thoughts, James Bench. You can even go Bundesliga, Liga, go anywhere you want. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 saw those, I saw those two leagues in our uh, agenda or whatever you want to call it. And I got right, Christ, find something to say about these two. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Bayern Munich will just uh, keep on going. I know. I'm sure our friend Ian Poggio will get mad, but we can get him back in to discuss some more Bundesliga as well. And Liga. Don't worry, JJ. When you come back from vacation, you can talk all the league. We we'll just smile are. and nod while he's chatting. <laughs> That's literally what I do. So, you know, regardless of what happens. But thank you, everybody. James Bench, make sure to follow him at James Bench and his content on CBS Sports, CBS Sports website, of course, HQ. Thanks so much for listening to Que Golazo, by the way. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review if you would be so kind. On your favorite podcast platform, we're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're also available as video, as you may know if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Help us get to 20,000 subscribers. We do this just for you. Free episodes all the time. We can preview. We can recap. We'll be back on Sunday night. I'm not going to be part of it but the boys will take care of it for you. Have a fantastic weekend. James Bench, thank you, buddy. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. See you next time. Till then, bye-bye. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.